In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Traditionally, on this day, we shroud all the crosses and holy images inside the Church. Our senses are deprived of the consolation to contemplate what we could call a foretaste of the glory of heaven, where Christ reigns with the saints. Today, all this beauty is hidden from our eyes. But this veiling is an invitation for us, poor sinners. An invitation for us to rise above the senses, to emerge from the visible realities of here below, in order to gaze at the invisible realities of heaven. We are invited to close the eyes of the body and open the eyes of the soul in order to contemplate a higher beauty. And this invitation to look for a higher beauty comes as we approach the passion of the Son of God. And it is not a coincidence. Concerning the passion of our Lord, we read in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53, He had neither beauty nor majesty, nothing to attract our eyes, <clears throat> no fairness to make us delight in Him. With these words, the prophet Isaiah makes present to us the reality of the passion of our Lord. In His passion, indeed, the beauty of our dear Lord was eclipsed by His many wounds. By all the things He suffered, our Lord became like a worm as the prophet Isaiah says in another passage. So during the Passion, we will not be able to see anymore the beauty of the humanity of Christ. And that's why the Church today tells us to look for a higher beauty a higher beauty in Christ Himself. 
In the Psalm 45, we read about Christ, that he was the most beautiful of the children of men. But these words may appear to contradict the words of the prophet Isaiah. Because how can he be the most beautiful of the children of men if he has no beauty? My brethren, the fact is that this is not a contradiction. But here we are face to face with a mystery, which is the mystery of the beauty of our Lord. So he had no beauty, but at the same time, he was the most beautiful of the children of men. But how can that be? We have to look for the true beauty of Christ, the one which remains, even during his passion. In the same Psalm 45, it is written that real beauty is to be found inside. So the real beauty of Christ is inside. So we have to look inside his humanity in order to find the secret of his beauty. And this secret is his eternal divinity. He is God. And this is his beauty. Let me quote Saint Augustine. He is beautiful in heaven, beautiful on earth, beautiful in the womb, beautiful in his parents' hands, beautiful in his miracles, beautiful under the scourge, Beautiful when inviting to life. Beautiful also when not regarding death. Beautiful in laying down his life. Beautiful in taking it again. Beautiful on the cross. Beautiful in the sepulcher. Beautiful in heaven. He is beautiful, my brethren. And the most beautiful. Because he is God. So real beauty, we learn, is caused not by cosmetics, but by the presence of God. And that's what we call grace. Real beauty 
is called grace. And in Christ we have what we call the grace of hypostatic union, where two natures were, were united in one single person. And this union is unique, and that's why he is the most beautiful of the children of men, because in him dwells the fullness of the divinity. But each one of us is called to participate in the beauty of our Lord. We are called to participate in His grace. Remember that real beauty is inside. So more we take care of our soul, more we try to grow in grace, more beautiful we become in the eyes of God. Look at the saints, how beautiful they are. Because there is nothing more beautiful than holiness of life. In Greek, the word kalos means beautiful, but it also means good. So we see that real beauty has to do with goodness of life. So to be truly beautiful means to be full of God. Because there is no other beauty than the grace of God. And no other ugliness than to be in a state of sin. As our Lord took Peter, James, and John apart in order to show them his glory before they had to see his cross. In the same way, the church invites us today to contemplate the deep beauty of Christ, his eternal divinity, before we contemplate his sufferings and death on the cross. So we may know for sure that he didn't suffer and die by force, but out of love, that he gave his life willingly in order to save mankind from eternal donation in order to save you and me. So let us follow the good shepherd, the beautiful shepherd of ours, 
who came from heaven in order to deliver us from the ugliness of sin and to lead us to the contemplation of his most beautiful face in which shines the amazing glory of his divinity he is beautiful in heaven beautiful on earth beautiful in the womb beautiful in his parents hands beautiful in his miracles beautiful under this curse beautiful when inviting to life beautiful also when not regarding death beautiful in laying down his life beautiful in taking it again beautiful on the cross beautiful in the sepulcher beautiful in heaven he's beautiful and the most beautiful my brethren because he's god amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen